Hello, and welcome to Life on Maine, a daily podcast of Life on Maine in Charlestown, New Hampshire, where we discuss living life on the main purpose as designed by God. I am Pastor Tim Golden, and on these podcasts, we focus on growing in relationship with God, maturing in the faith through His Word, stewarding our relationships with one another, as well as learning to make disciples as we share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Each day highlights one of these facets of spiritual character, growth, and stewardship, so be sure to come back each day to grow a strong and healthy walk with the Lord. Now, let's see what the Holy Spirit wants to show us today. Over the years, as you know, you've all been very much in prayer for him. You may remember that back just about, actually what we're doing this morning is about eight months in the making, almost to the day. And um, But we're going to be spending some time just talking together, because I've been privy to stuff you haven't been, as far as not so much just what Dad went through, but it's what God did in his life through it all. And so we're pretty much just going to be having a, pretty much a very candid discussion with you guys today, and hopefully... You can see me okay, because I'm practically sitting on the floor here in this chair. But, um, but it's uh, all good, so that'll pick you up real well. And, uh, but as you know, we've been in a series called Credible Christianity. And at first I thought that I was going to be telling you, you know, we're going to be taking a little bit of a break from that today. But the more I thought about it, we really aren't. Um, because what the Lord began to really reveal to me, and actually what was put in my head last night as I was getting ready to go to sleep at work, how many people have Dr. Jackson you, you paid to sleep at? You know, that's kind of a good thing. Um, but I was getting ready to close my eyes and just thinking on that, and God said, you know what? You're not deviating at all. Because what we're really going to be getting a chance to hear today, and I'm not saying this to boast on my dad, I'm boasting in the Lord. And what he's sharing today, I know his heart's desire is that you don't hear any boasting. Because that's his greatest concern is that people would feel, because we've talked about that that people would feel that what he is saying is somehow patting himself on the back, and it's not that. We are here to boast in the Lord today about his goodness and about what he is doing. But as I thought about this concept of credible Christianity, I'm sure that what you're going to end up hearing, much as I have heard over the last number of months, as Dad and I have had a lot of heart-to-hearts, you're going to see what credible, credible Christianity being lived out when nobody's looking looks like. <laughs> you know, and getting a chance to see it firsthand. God said one of the greatest weapons we have is the word of our testimony. And that's a little bit where you're going to hear, you're hear some of his weaponry, some of his ammo this morning um, of what God's been doing. But the other thing that God brought me to is this, that before you can really have credible Christianity, it's understanding that we have a credible Christ. Amen. Amen. That we have a Christ that we can rely on. We have a God who is there for us no matter what happens, whether we're going through thick, whether we're going through thin. But as we get ready to get into this, I want us to remember that what this is all about, it's about our Christ. And it's about allowing His transformation power to really have the full effect that He wants it to have for us. We serve a God, and we celebrate it this morning through communion, that while we were yet sinners, He died for us. When we were at the most unworthy state, He loved us with an everlasting love. And that same love continues even after we're saved. And I know you and I, we've had that conversation Mm -hmm. in the past where we caught ourselves almost a couple of times saying, well, if God loved me so much then, how much more? And realize, hold it. He can't love me more. 
you know, he loved me just as much then as he does now. He loves me just as much now as he did then. And hopefully you'll hear some of that this morning uh, through our conversation. We're going to kind of break this up into basically four little elements um, as I've been thinking about it and weighing it in my mind. And because there's really four little mini chapters that have taken place. One was what happened in the hospital. I might fill in some of those things because some of that he doesn't remember because of his condition that he was in at the point. We're going to go from that to talk about his time in rehab. He's got some pretty cool stuff there. Mm -hmm. Then there's some cool stuff he was doing after rehab. And then there's the stuff he's doing now mm -hmm. in your life as we're seeing some great uh, fruit coming forth. And we share this because we know there's a lot of people right now because of this COVID thing, maybe it's because of their own ailments. I would not over half of our church going through physical, serious physical stuff right now. And hopefully what he has to share helps you realize that the God that we serve, the God that he serves, the God that ministered to him is the same God that wants to meet us where we're at in the very same way. And so that's what this is about. It's not just hearing one man's story. It's understanding he's testifying of a God that does this over and over and over again in the lives of his people. He has proved himself credible. Our desire is to prove ourselves credible as well. Amen? Well, it started, actually, it's how it kind of started off a little bit, but it started for us, um, and I'll never forget the day. If I could just jump in here Please. before we get started. I had a friend of mine, she was an avid reader, and uh, he always told me, and I could never understand it, he said, I always read the last of the book first. He always turned to the last chapter and read what was there. Well, I said, what's the whole point of reading a book if, you're, if you know what the, the ending is? And so I just want to share a scripture with you because this, everything else that's to follow really comes from this. And it was a, a real encouragement to me. And uh, it was the Apostle Paul when he wrote to the Philippians. And he said this, and whatever you're going through today, I want you to hold on to because it was really... Uh, one of the anchors that God gave to me. And he said this, and Paul is writing to the church of Philippi, and he says, what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Because of my chains, what I was going through, others have been encouraged, and Christ has preached. <laughs> and uh, that's what this is all about. Amen. That you might be encouraged as the Spirit had encouraged me. But remember, through it all, it's all about Him. Yes. The other verse that the Lord brought to my mind was a very popular passage. It comes out of 2 Corinthians. And in fact, you've probably heard it many times. It comes from the mouth of the Apostle Paul. We'll preach on this many months from now. Um, but it's where he talks about the thorn in the flesh. And he said this, he said, for though I, would see, though I would desire to glory, I should not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he sees me to be, or that he hears of me. Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. The messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord three times, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me this, My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. And that's one thing that I've heard from your testimony more than anything, is how God's made his strength perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, how he really revealed himself in this. 
It started back on, and again, I'll never forget the day, because it was December 12th of uh, 2019. And the reason I won't forget the day is because it was 10 days shy of um, the one year when we would find my mom unresponsive, and three days later she would uh, go to be with the Lord. And, um, but 10 days before that anniversary, um, we find Dad um, pretty much in the same condition. And it looked like we were going to be repeating the same thing yet another year in a row. We did not think that, no, if we would have moments like this ever again. But here we are. <laughs> you know, we're praising God for that. And that's an awesome thing. But we found out in response, of, or my brother Tom found him, I should say. Um, and then, as you know, I headed out that way and what, before I, the day that I was heading out to see Dad, um, my brother had taken a video, and Dad was, at least at this point, alert. But all he could say is one word over and over and over again. And you could tell there was a lot of meaning behind that one word, because your eyes said it. But all that would ever come out was just one, one single, two-syllable word. And that was the beginning of this time and so we thought well maybe the days that we had are coming to a close but God was gracious and he moved and God began to touch you and I was very shocked when I arrived and God was actually able to start speaking in sentences when I got there by the time I got there and um, they were short sentences and many times the sentences would come back about five, three, three minutes later or five minutes later um, because his ability to retain just wasn't there. But God moved o over those weeks, and you were in there for, what was it, about three weeks, if I recall correctly. In the hospital, yeah. Yeah. Um, just share with us a little bit of what what kind of happened there. What, what was that like for you? Uh, the things that you do remember. I know there's a lot you don't, but things that you do remember. And how did God meet you there? Well, it certainly wasn't because I was able to contact him. <laughs> um, I, I had no fear. I, uh, I don't know if I really felt anything, to tell you the truth. I was just uh, nothing, just mad, there was just nothing. Uh, but I can't add this about that part of it. And when I reflected back, thank you for your prayers. Uh, before they took me to the hospital, I had been laying there unconscious in our living room on the floor for 10 hours. Wow. And um, the amazing thing is that I was working on a sermon upstairs, and we have about 13, 14 steps, and they go like this. And I was working upstairs behind my desk, and that's really the, the only thing that I remembered until after... Uh, a couple of weeks in the hospital. And uh, my brother said to me, or my brother, uh, uh, Tom. Um, my brother. <laughs> his brother said to me, Dad, he says, whatever happened to you happened upstairs. And there were 13 steps, and somehow I got downstairs. And uh, that's where they found me on the floor in front of the couch. And I said, well, how do you know that it happened upstairs? Because his upstairs was a wreck. He said, and you didn't, you were, everything was knocked over. 
And so how I ever made it to the bottom of the stairs uh, was grace. <laughs> uh, and uh, we always heard the statement of God always knows what we need before we ask. Amen. And I think that uh, you were asking, but he answered those prayers before you asked. And, uh, and that's how I got to the bottom of the stairs. And, uh, and so beyond that, I remember when people coming in to visit and saying I was praying for you, and that was such a comfort. Just to open my eyes and see people standing there, I do recall that very vividly. And uh, the Lord showed me shortly after that. Uh, he said, I want you to understand and uh, these are not man's thoughts, because we just don't think that way. I, at least I don't. Every card I got to move, the first card that I received, and I, had, I would just start to open the envelope, and he says, this is not from this individual, this is from me. Wow. Every card you get from now on, it's me. And, I, and I've often heard the, the statement, you know, that God is where he prompts us. And you've experienced it as well. The Lord will lay some name on your heart and you start praying for them. Or you'll send them a card. And that changed my life. I never, I never experienced cards like that or even phone calls. But ever since that time, one memory from the hospital, that whenever you get a card, it's my voice. Think about that the next time that you send a card. Think about that next time that you pick up the phone and call somebody because that name has been placed on your heart. Don't underestimate it. But it simply is this. God has given you an opportunity to become Him and to express His love to that individual who needs it so badly. Uh, that was one of the first lessons that I learned. And it's interesting, when God teaches you a lesson, you don't forget them. And I never forgot that. And so you're going to hear this a lot this morning. Thank you for your prayers. Because Tim said that you went immediately to prayer for me. So everything that follows, because you prayed. Amen. Amen. Take us to your time. It was amazing the amount of healing God brought. Because, um, could you tell us anything about Christmas Day? Because how many know, how many enjoy spending Christmas Day in the hospital? <laughs> you know, that's why, the, you know, being in the hospital, a lot of people are complaining, God, why am I here? You know, what, where's your love in the midst of this? Um, you might share with us a little bit about a wonderful nurse that was there for mom that managed to make her appearance with you on Chris, uh, regarding Christmas Day. Do you remember that? I remember her coming in, uh, but I need some triggers to get my mind As far to. as, um, I mean, usually you're allowed to maybe come visit, and that's about it. But we were allowed to do more than visit that day. We actually, um, this nurse was actually working downstairs. She did, she came upstairs. Oh, but yes. she found out that you were going to be in the hospital, and she didn't think it was right that family should be separate during the holiday. Right. And uh, so she had uh, got the ball to rolling, and uh, they set up a Christmas dinner for me that night. And uh, downstairs in the, in the hall, they had a big table all set up, and the hospital provided the foods, and different ones brought in the food. And, 
there was about 20 people that came and they wheeled me down the stairs and, and, and there everybody was. And it was God again. I, I saw the people there and I saw the friends there, but God told me in the silence of my own heart, he says, it's me again. It's <laughs> precious. It was interesting because before all of this started, God was moving, I was, I was being able to preach and, and I was so frustrated. I, I kept telling people, you know, God is here. He said, you ever try to explain salvation, what it was like after you got saved? You ever try to explain that to people? You, you just can't do it. And, and that's what I was feeling. I said, God is here. Do you really realize God is here? And, I hear amen, and I said, do you really, really? And I was so frustrated because I couldn't say more than that. And then it was after that that uh, this all happened. And God kept revealing things to me and revealing things to me and revealing things to me. I don't want to get ahead of what you've got. And I was in the hospital, and I said, God, you've been showing me so much. There, there was one particular instance that, uh, well, you know how hospitals are to try to get some sleep. And uh, I finally fell asleep, and it was about midnight. I woke up. And uh, it wasn't just a waking up, it was almost like a stirring. And uh, this is all new stuff to me I had never experienced before. But backing up a little bit, uh, a few months before that, when I was in the hospital in Elmira, and I was in uh, uh, rehab, I said, Lord, I said, uh, I don't want to miss a word that you're going to have to say to me. And he said, well, don't just read it, look for it. And, and, and that was kind of a kindergarten class, I guess, because after that, this other thing happened. And, and so I guess that was a thing through the hospital when you, when you were asking me about what I remember. That was a thought that just kept coming to my mind. Just keep looking for me. I couldn't read the scriptures. I couldn't retain it. I couldn't hold it. I didn't have no strength in either hand. And so I said, I can do that. And so anyway, to get back to where I was talking to you about that night in the hospital, I, I was a little like stirred. And again, it was all in me. I didn't know what was going on. Uh, I couldn't understand what was going on. And I tried to get back to sleep and I couldn't. And I tossed and I turned. And uh, so I kept waiting and I said, Ron, get up. And of course, the nurse would have had a fit, so I... <laughs> I pushed my buzzer and she came in and I says, I've, I've got to get up and do some walking. She says, okay. And uh, I, I was well enough there so that I was in the hallway of the hospital so I could do it myself because the desk was right there. And I walked probably about as far as for me to this first couple here, uh, heading towards the elevator. And this cleaning lady came out of the elevator and I never had such a feeling for anybody in my life, but I had for her. My heart just went out for her, something I never experienced before. And I was just so drawn to her. And 
we kept, I kept getting closer, I had my walker with me. And I just couldn't take my eyes off. I thought, this is strange. This is, this is strange. Because <laughs> my heart was up. And I got up to her and I just, I asked her before she had a chance to talk. I said, is everything okay? And she said, no. And she started crying. And I said, I know it's none of my business, but what's bothering you? She says, this is the anniversary of my son committed suicide. I said, can I pray for you? I never done that. To be honest with you, doesn't that sound strange coming from a preacher? <laughs> I would pray for people, but I never had the urge like I had that night. There was just something inside me. And I felt such a compassion for her. She said, would you? And I did. And uh, the spirit guy, God gave me the words. I was, I, I was, I was, I was penetrating her heart. I, I can't explain it. I, I don't want it to sound super. I don't want to set, make a mystery out of it, but it was, I cannot understand that. Nothing can't understand the mystery. But it was new. It was something different. And she thanked me. She left with a smile on her face. She said this. I never forgot. I feel so much better now. Amen. And before I started praying, I thought, Lord, I don't know even how to know. And call on me. I'm the Prince of Peace. Not healer, he's the Prince of Peace. So I, so I addressed him as Prince of Peace. And, and we prayed in that vein with him as, that, as Prince of Peace. And Jesus, I, and her testimony was, thank you, I feel so much better now. <laughs> And so I turned my walker around, headed back towards my room, and I said to the Lord, what just happened? What just happened? And here again was those words, it was me again. <laughs> this is not, I'm not making this up. It's, I mean, this is too bizarre to make up. But I thought to myself, Lord, I, I wanted to go back to sleep and you wouldn't let me. <laughs> and then that gal comes out of the elevator just the time I'm taking my midnight walk. Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> God's timing. Perfect. God's timing. Amen. Awesome, God. And that sort of stuff continued even over into the uh, rehab. Mm -hmm. I remember you talking about another day that you were able to sleep and you got up. Did my little walk again and uh, trying to walk down old problems. A walk. I wasn't going far apart from here to the end of the sanctuary. And uh, this woman stopped me and she said, uh, Are you a minister? I didn't tell her. I said, Yes. Not that I was ashamed of it, but you know, you just don't want to tell everybody you're a minister. And she said, would you pray for me? Amen. I said, I'd be happy to. I said, what's, what's going on? And she says, well, she says, uh, I've got a heart condition. 
a serious heart condition. I won't go into the whole detail of it, take too much time, but she said that, and, but that isn't my real problem. My real problem is I need to face surgery on my back and they don't want to do it because of my heart. And there again, I had that feeling come over me, you know, this, this warmth. And so we prayed, and I wish I could tell you how that came out, but I didn't because they discharged me right after that. And so I, I never had a chance to go back to talk to her, but that's in God's hands. Yeah. Amen. You know, we do what we can and then let him do the little stuff. He tells us to do the easy part. You pray and I'll do the miracles. <laughs> so you eventually got out of rehab. Actually got out about a week earlier than they expected. Yeah. They admitted the first COVID patient the day I got discharged. Wow. Oh, good timing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I said to the Lord in there, um, you showed me so much. Uh, I'd like to be, would you give me the opportunity to get back in the pulpit again? <laughs> and he told me this, now this, this is so common talk, and this is why I know it's God, because it's, you know, he doesn't talk over our heads. That's right. Amen. You know, he could, and he, he speaks in languages that we understand. And I said, Lord, I said, can you, at that point, I want to go home. Nothing spiritual about that. I just wanted to go home. And he says, I'll get you. This is the words that came to me. I never forget them. I don't want to. He says, I'll get you out of here if you'll do something for me. And I said, have you looked at me lately? <laughs> I'm a mess. It hasn't been only a couple of weeks that I've started being able to put two words together. And I said, I'm not this, and I'm not that. And I'm, well, you know the story. You've probably been in there as well. And he said, I've been in repeat. He said, I'll get you out of here. You'll do something for me. And I said, okay. But what in the world can I do for you? I said, uh, the last I read, you were an all-wise God. You were all powerful. You said, there's nothing too hard for me. Or that you break every barrier down. And I went on. This went on maybe half an hour. And he made it plain. He says, I'll get you out if you'll do something for me. And I said, well, okay. But beyond me, what I can do for him. He says, boast on me. That's all. I said, well, I can do that. <laughs> After all, I'm sure, you know, he did the miracles. You know, I got the easy part. <laughs> and let me tell you this. There was four, three churches. I was able to go back to the Uyghur church and preach in their pulpit. I was able to go to the Ithaca, New York church and preach from their pulpit. Just telling God's story, what he did for me. And there was one other church. And the doctor told me, you can't drive anymore. I want you off the road. So I surrendered my license, or not my license, but my license plates. And my, my lease on my car was already had, uh, expired, so that was, I had to get rid of that. And so uh, 
right after that, uh, I, I met, my, met the priest in the two churches, and now I didn't have no vehicle, and I still had one church. And one afternoon, it was a Tuesday afternoon, the phone rang, and I was the pastor of this church I hadn't preached in yet, Elmira. And he says, Ron, the reason I'm calling is my people have been asking me to ask if you could come and tell your story there. I said, I said, good, I'd, I'd love to. Boy, my heart just jumped right up, and I was the third church. And then all of a sudden, reality came in, and I said, oh. Then I told him, I said, I can't. I said, I don't have no way to get there. He said, well, I plan on coming to get you. How <laughs> you like that? The pastor himself Amen. said, I'll come and get you. God will make a way when there is no other. Amen. He'll fulfill his promises. Amen. And so I went there, and the Spirit of the Lord came. And there was one guy there who had uh, left the church 18 years ago. Just happened to be in church that morning. And he says, when you were telling your story, God told me I need to get back in the church. And he's been coming back there ever since, the pastor told me. Big things were happening, you know. So keep on boasting. So when I go to churches, I say, you want to join my boaster club? Yeah. <laughs> and I know that in the days to follow, you did you eventually come home, they set you up, they had uh we had what? O T P T X Y Z, I mean you name it. They had initials, they were coming to the house. Um I remember it was very frustrating at times. Um that you didn't have like said it the stroke that you had years ago kind of stole your right side, and then this kind of took a lot of your strength out of your left side. What sorts of things, how did God reveal himself to you during those times of frustration? I got a record in this book, and I'm gonna say, show it to you, and I brought it for a reason, the boast on him. But I got page after page after page of things that he's showing me. Uh, again, the importance of getting into the Word of God. Uh, don't only listen to my voice, look for it. And I do it through the cards and people I meet. And even up here this weekend again, uh, I got a chance to meet with some folks and talk with them. God said, it's me again. <laughs> you know? And then there was one time I was out doing some walking. And uh, again, that phrase, don't only listen for my voice, look for it. And I was out walking, I was just about back at the house again and this car pulls up alongside of the street. And there just the driver in the car and had the automatic windows and so he rolled it down and he pulled over where I was and I thought he was gonna be asking for directions for someplace. And he says, you don't know me. I says, no. He says, but I just wanted to stop and ask you how you're doing. I thought, this is weird. <laughs> I said, well, I'm doing fine. He said, well, that's great. Have a good day. And he started to pull away. And what was the three words I heard? <laughs> yeah, I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. 
but it's surprising what you see and what you hear if you start with it. And um, I was never a journal person. I tried it a different time, but it's just not me. I just, you know. Uh, but God started saying, now when I start speaking to you, I want you to write it down. That made a difference. <laughs> and so he started showing me some things. And I got, I haven't been doing it too awfully long, but just to give you the starting date, it was April the 25th. My last one was August 12th. But every one day or two days or three days, and it wasn't the promises he was giving to me. It was, it was in my random reading. He would lift things right up to me. And uh, let me just pull one or two out here. And, um, in fact, the Lord has not only given me, let me fill those three churches, but he says, I want to involve you in ministry again. And so I started what we call um, Fresh Encounter, which is a Friday night exploring of the scriptures together, a dialogue, and, and we've been doing it on Zoom. And uh, I have an average of anywhere from 15 to 30 people every Friday night. Praise God. That, that God has used that. And uh, that's just another, just another part, you know. He, and I'm 85 years old, so I can identify with, uh, if I can just give you just a few, just a few examples here. Uh, and, and this was uh, in, in to call the ministry, which I hadn't even been thinking about or anything, but the Lord just started to speak to me. And uh, it was, I, I have put it down here as my first one. It was the call for profession call ministry. And that was on Saturday, the April 25th. Acts chapter 6, verse 4, he says, Give your attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. And that was an answer of prayer. Well, Lord, I said, I don't know what to do. What your, what your agenda would be? What, what kind of a ministry are you talking about? And this is the first thing I read. Give your attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. So that's just what we've done. That's our agenda. That's all. And God has built it from 10 to where it is now. And I, I don't know where else it's going. And then the next day, on April the 27th, two days later, he gives me this in Mark chapter 16, verse 20. And the reason there's a, such a discrepancy, I'm using it in this, this new Bible, I call it, uh, where it's, uh, it, it's uh, chronological, chronological. And so two days later, he gives me this. I will work with you and confirm my word by the signs of the company. Mm. Amen. And after, our, after the, our second Friday night, people started calling me and saying, thank you so much for starting this ministry. I said, well, give thanks to the Lord. I had an idea. He called me into it, and he'll call me out of it whenever he wants to. But this is what's happening. And then after that, uh, he gave me this on May 7th. The Lord's hand was with us, and we saw evidence of the grace of God. That was the night that people just started testifying, and we almost didn't get to the study. So he was confirming all these things. And so these aren't, 
These aren't uh, particular well-known verses that God has been given me, but when I pick up the Bible the next day, it'll be something different. May 11th, for God who is at work in Paul's ministry is also at work in your ministry. You see, I mean, I mean, you, it's it's just it's just there, and, and, and I can I can move on to. Uh, I'm trying to look at that one. Oh, here it is, First Corinthians one thirty-one. Let him who boasts boast in the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah, it just kind of kept me on track. You know, don't, don't lose your focus. Don't lose your focus. June 16th, therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not, do not lose heart. Because this wasn't all easy going, there was a lot of struggling. When I get done on a Friday night, I start in for the next Friday night. And it takes me all week. And then we start again, though. And, uh, and I, I got to the point here uh, just two weeks ago. And I said to the Lord, you know, I'm just tired. I don't know how much longer I can go with this. And he gave me this, 2 Timothy 2.3, endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. <laughs> just keep on keeping on. <laughs> then he gave me this on August 13th, a week later, Hebrews 6.10, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. I like that for encouragement from the Lord. Yes. Talk to me right where I am and when he talked to me where I am, he'll talk to you where you are too. But the problem is if I wouldn't have wrote these down like he told me to, I would have forgot them. But now I got something to check back and I'll look back on to keep me going. And, uh, and he keeps on doing that. How about this for August 12th, 4.15 in the after, uh, for we do not have a high priest who is unable, this is when I was, someone was mentioning weakness, this was you this morning in your remarks about weakness. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we have, yet without sin, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy find grace to help us in time of need. And what a comfort that was for me to know. He said, I know I know what your weaknesses are. Yeah. Amen. You know, he, I know each and every one of them. So what do you do with it? He said that the tail end, then approach the throne of grace with confidence, confidence. that you may receive mercy and find the grace you need to help in your time of need. Amen. You know, awesome. and, it, and it goes on and on. And this is the kind of God that we serve. The God that proves himself over and over and over again. Dad couldn't even hold a pen for quite a while. Can I pull that story? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, when God says, okay, I'll get you out if you do one thing for me. So I got outside and I asked the nurse for, or the, uh, well, I'll call it a nurse. And I said, Do you have some paper and some pencil? I could start to write. I didn't have no feeling neither of these hands, you know. And, and she said, sure. And so uh, she got me a piece of paper and I tried to pick up a pencil 
so I can write some notes, start to write down some of the things he started to show me so I wouldn't forget them. I couldn't even hold a pencil in my hand. And it fell down and I thought, but well, God said it. So I, that afternoon I picked up the pencil again and tried to hold it. I couldn't do it. The next day I couldn't hold it again. The following day I, I couldn't. So I picked it up and I just, I was frustrated. And I threw it. Or <laughs> I could throw it. And then I felt, I thought, well, that was stupid. <laughs> Where's this God who's been talking to you about all these things and now how you act? And uh, I'm terribly human. And so anyway, I said to the nurses, it's about three or four days later, it says, uh, that pencil was still laying over there in the corner because even the housekeeper didn't find it. And I said to the, uh, the caregiver, I said, could you give me my pencil? It's, I dropped it. <laughs> I'm a minister. I shouldn't show temper. By that time, everybody knew I was a minister, so I dropped it. <laughs> and she said, well, where is it? I said, it's over there. <laughs> she says, how did you drop it? Over there. I said, okay, I threw it. She laughed. She thought it was a big joke. I was embarrassed. And uh, so I'll your pride golden. And so she went over and she got it and picked it up and well, I could hold on to it. But that's about it. And I put it down. Around 11.30 that morning, God says, pick it up. And I picked it up. And I started printing. Oh, wow. Yeah. I couldn't even <laughs> hold the pencil. Oh, God, you're good. And I started, and the, the nurse, the lady came in to bring my lunch into me. She had to come over by where I was writing, and she said, you've got beautiful penmanship. I, I was never complimented before on my penmanship. But I was forming the letters, they weren't shaky. They weren't nothing, it was, you know, and I said, well, thank you. And I thought, okay. You know, God's forgiven, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah. And so I, so I wrote my notes. And, um, and I was able to, I do manuscript and my, because my mind is where it used to be, so I write down every word. And uh, without reading it, God helps me that. And uh, so anyway, um, well, I forgot what I was that, so okay. It was such an important thing to that he showed me. And I was, I was reading the sermon. That was strong. Well, maybe, maybe it'll come back next. One thing I do want to testify to that, because I've got a lot of my dad's old sermons that he's let, let me have that he doesn't use anymore. Um, and I was absolutely amazed, because not only did God restore his penmanship, it is better than it ever was before. You know, I mean, it was so much clearer. Uh, not, not that it was doctor's scribble, but it wasn't too far removed. <laughs> but, you know, so just what God did, even with that, was amazing. Well, God, I know where I'm saying to this, and this is just recently. In fact, this was two weeks ago. Uh, I was I was always having to go make an appointment to uh, get my fingernails clipped. 
because I couldn't hold anything in my hands and be able to grip them. There's still some cans I can't open. These water bottles, you know, they have yeah. I, I can't get them, so I bought me a pair of pliers so I opened up a little bit. And uh, so I was upstairs and I had just uh, been working on my Friday night uh, fresh encounter. And I got up and I, from the desk, and I went over and sat in the recliner upstairs. And I looked at my fingernails and I thought, oh, I better get on the phone and see if I can make an appointment for them to cut my fingernails. And just as clear and bold in my mind goes, why don't you cut your own? Amen. I thought, I can't. Try and cut your own. So I went over and got my clippers. <laughs> it's a little thing, it's not a big deal. Cut your finger. Yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah. You can't do it normally. So God's still bringing healing. And uh, I praise Him. Yes. You see, it's all about Him. And it's all about giving Him attention. And I don't want to live in the... I want to live where He lives. And uh, watch Him do what He's doing. So Don't only listen for a word, look for it. Amen. I'll never be the same. I don't, I'm, I'm so glad. But it just, what it shows me is that if God can show up, I want Him to show up. <laughs> but I guess the amazing thing, a couple things I've heard loudly through this is no matter what you're going through, no matter where you find yourself, look for Jesus. Mm -hmm. Look for Jesus in and through it all. And realize that no matter where you are, no matter how hard it is, no matter what it is you have to face, God is in it with you every step of the way. Yeah. And he is willing and he is desiring to commune with us even more so during those times. If we will simply open ourselves up. And that's one thing that has amazed me um, in what I've seen you go through. And it's not to say there weren't, and you heard it from himself, that there are times you got frustrated. There were times when hopelessness would want to try to set in. Mm -hmm. But what always went out is, God, I need you. Right. That, and whenever we walk to God, he comes running to us. Amen. You know, And so that is the kind of God we serve. He proves himself credible over and over and over. He is a faithful God. He is, his name is faithful and true. It tells us in the book of Revelation. And that stands true even today with wherever you are at. So hold tight to God, even when it feels like everything is unraveling around you. Hold tight to Him. Expect God to show up. And you know what? You'll find out He doesn't have to show up because He was already there. We just become more aware of His presence. Amen. Right. There was one, just uh, shortly after I was saved, there was one song that always stuck in my mind. And right through uh, my walk with the Lord, and now is this, and it's so true, standing somewhere in the shadows, you find Jesus. And uh, and I, I can say that with authority this morning, because there are some shadows that are pretty dark and pretty deep. But he's there. He's there if you look for him. He'll be found. That's right. Awesome. Well, this has been a very rich time together. And, uh, 
I hope that God spoke to your heart, um, has encouraged you uh, where you are at. Don't forget it when you walk out the store. If you need to, grab a book and start writing it down. Yes. <laughs> if you yeah. need to do that to remember it. But hold tight to your Lord. Amen. No matter what you're going through. And Dad, I wonder if you'd just be willing to close us with a word of prayer um, over our congregation this morning. Lord, what an awesome God you are. One particular verse that comes to my mind is when Abraham believed, even when there was no hope. I thank you, God, that you are a God who fulfills every promise that you have made. That you know us where we are and what we're going through. You know the valleys, how deep, how dark. And you know the plains, and you know the high places. And uh, we are found in one of those places this morning. And I would pray for this body of believers, Lord, that you would show yourself to them as I know that you already are. And have, and I thank you for the faith you've given to them. I thank you for the many answers to prayer that you have provided for them. I thank you for they are in the palm of your hands and that they, they love you. And God, that's we can say that for each and every one of us, but uh, there's so much more of you. So much more. And I would pray that you would help us to tune our ears yes, to what you would have to say to us. Help us to keep on the look for you. Help us to hear and not miss every, any word that you would have to say to us. Mm -hmm. I would pray your blessing upon this congregation, Lord, and that you would continue to be with them and to guide them through the future. For we know you have great plans for them. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Yes. We pray your kingdom will come in each heart, yes, in each place, and that your will would be done yes, on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you for the daily bread which you provide for us to keep us going, that strengthens us in spirit and in body. Drive the evil one back to the place where he belongs. He has no place here. Amen. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 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 Thank you guys for coming. Be blessed. Get out there and share the testimonies of the things that God's done for you with those in your within your spheres of influence. Amen. Amen. Go in God's blessing. Amen. We want to thank you for tuning into today's broadcast. We pray that it was beneficial for you. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for another episode of Life on Main. You can learn more about our church by visiting our website at lifeonmain.org. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash lifeonmain, where you can learn about upcoming events and find links to videos of these broadcasts and sermons. You can also view our sermons on our YouTube channel at bit.ly slash lifeonmain with each of those words capitalized. Thanks for listening to Life on Main and may God bless you.